You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Lynn Devitt. And this segment, I will be joined with Blake Riddiman, who is supposed to be hosting with me. But um, because of our ice storm, um, we didn't want him driving in. He kind of lives out of town here. Um, And then Aaron, who is behind the boards. Hello, everybody. (laughs) You guys recognize his name or his his voice. And Blake is on. And we're going to be talking this morning about our favorite Christmas movies because officially Christmas has started and you might have some extra time this week. And so during the Christmas season, maybe watch a Christmas movie. (laughs) Good morning, Blake. Good morning, Lynn. It's great to be with you. (laughs) It's great to have you. I'm glad I didn't have to worry about you driving here. Right. It would have been uh, a little treacherous. I I stepped out of my driveway and I started sliding down the driveway. So I appreciate uh, the the beauty of technology where I can join you by phone anyway. Well, and Aaron drove from Grand Forks, or Minto, actually. Minto, yes. Minto to Fargo. Yesterday. All day yesterday. And I was actually really thankful that he didn't tell me, because then I would have been super nervous all day. But well, I got to make the show, right? got to make the show. <laughs> I felt bad, because I'm like, I can't cancel the show if he drove from Grand Forks yesterday. <laughs> I made it here. Got to talk about my favorite Christmas movies and all that. I wouldn't miss it for the world, but... If if Aaron gets to be on the road radio, he makes sure that he shows up, right? I'm always here in person. <laughs> he is. So that was pretty awesome. And um, and I don't know if you heard me earlier, Blake, but Fargo is like the banana belt of the Midwest. I was checking all the temps. I ch- checked Dickinson and Williston and Rapid City and Sioux Falls. I was checking everywhere. And Fargo was the warmest at 34 degrees. The one and only time that'll ever happen. I, let's write it down. <laughs> Mark the calendar. Yeah, that's got to be rare for December 26th for Fargo and to be the warmest. Exactly, and we're celebrating that today. Um, so so we were talking a little bit over the last couple of weeks about this, this segment today. Um, I, w- I didn't want to share too much because we want it to be pretty conversational. But in getting the notes together, Aaron wrote down, what makes a good Christmas movie? And I kind of like that to start this segment with that, that question. So, um, Aaron, you go first because you wrote the question. Right? <laughs> okay, put me, i got to answer my own question. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you, got, you got to prep for it. It's a good it. rhetorical tactic to answer your own question. Okay, right. well, to me, this is, and this is my personal opinion here. Uh, my opinions do not reflect Real Presence Radio's opinions necessarily <laughs> when it comes to Christmas movies, just so everyone's aware here. You should probably put that disclaimer, <laughs> the disclaimer on disclaimer every time I'm everyone. on air. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, a good Christmas movie is something that really, uh, I guess, evokes the sense of like it being Christmas. I know it's kind of like a cop-out answer, but like, what does it really mean to be Christmas? But something that again, kind of honors like the tradition of Christmas. It can be about, you know, a religious event, or at least has like those same kind of morals and values in it and has that sort of, you know, Christmas character to it in that sort of way. It's something that really draws you and the family together for like a sense of being and importance and celebration on Christmas, I guess. Because like everyone, the joke is always, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? And like, that's a great movie, but it, I really don't think it evokes a feeling of it being Christmas. It just happens to take place on Christmas, which I don't think is like enough for it to be a Christmas movie. <laughs> Like, again, great film, wow. but I'm not he's knocking. Going, he's I'm, going right for an argument. Yes, and I'm not knocking <laughs> Bruce Willis. He's wonderful, great guy. God bless him and help his health, but, like, I just don't think that's a Christmas movie, personally. 
So that would be my point on that. Blake, what, what were your thoughts when you heard that question? What yeah, when, I guess what came to mind, I, I, I started to think of my, my favorite Christmas movies, which we'll get into, and they, they evoke a sense of, of hope. Hope just kind mm-hmm. of comes out, and then there's transformation, you know, whether that be in the, the main character or supporting actors or supporting characters that are within the film, that um, even if it's not necessarily um, focusing on Christ explicitly, there's for something to be a Christmas movie, there's this sense of things were really bad, but now there's a reason to hope, um, whether that be within their own life or um, and within that hope, there's the sense of I have to change, I have to make um, particular choices in my life or particular things in my life to make a change for for myself, but also for those around me. So, yeah, I think it's uh, hope and transformation are the two words that kind of came to mind. Um, and that's what Christ, you know, that's what Christ brought. You know, that's what the Father gave us with the birth of Christ is this this reason to hope. So again, even if it's not explicitly you know, Mary and Joseph in the manger with, with Christ, even commercial Christmas movies or just there's that sense of hope that makes it a Christmas movie. Yeah. Well, My I'm, thoughts, anyway. Yeah, I'm so glad I made you two answer first because um, those are very good answers and much better than mine, and I would agree with both of them and say I think there still needs to I still think it needs to be at Christmas. Yeah, there needs something a little mm-hmm. seasonal about it and just right. the, the yes. whole feeling and values of yes. it. It really needs to be reflected in the movie. Yeah, yeah. So I would say all three, but you, like I said, I'm so glad I made you guys go first. That was really good. Okay, so what are a couple of your favorite Christmas movies, Blake? I'll let you go first. Yeah, so um, I could think of, in kind of preparing for this, um, I thought of three of them. Um, my number one, an all-time favorite movie, even besides Christmas, is probably "It's a Wonderful Life," um, classic, classic with Jimmy Jimmy Stewart, and uh, I think it's directed by Frank Frank Capra. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron probably know that, but I it's, believe it's uh, Frank Capra. Really, I think you're right. It is. <laughs> we just watched go. it last night. So Aaron's our resident movie buff, and <laughs> well, he's, he's very good at that. Stuff, I, I so. fake it a lot. I haven't seen as many movies as you would think. I just know a lot about movies. <laughs> I have seen right. quite a few too, but. But it's a wonderful life, and then uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, the the nineteen forty seven version. That's that's one of my favorites, and then uh, also the Grinch. The Grinch. Uh, I like the version of that Illumination made. Um, it's a production company, Illumination. Made. Oh, from a few years ago. Yeah, from a few years ago. Huh. I, so all of those have a sense, and I want to talk about it's a wonderful life. We'll probably talk about this for a little bit, but um, the sense I can really relate to Jimmy Stewart's character. Um, where in the, you know, he he had all these hopes and dreams of what he wanted to do in his life, and all of these circumstances kind of pop in where he's unable to do that, but it's always by his choice. He could have said, no, I'm going to still do it. I'm still going to travel the world. I'm still going to do what I want to do. But he always chose to say, no, you know, my brother can, you know, go off to war. My And now his, his father's sick, so someone's got to take care of the building alone. Like, he made all of these choices where he decided to stay. And then the thing that really gets me about it, too, is in his mind at the darkest moment of his life, he thought he's a complete failure. You know, his house is drafty. His, you know, all of these things kind of pile up. His his business is going under because of his uncle's mistake, all these things. But in the end, he recognizes through Clarence's angel 
and through all these people coming to help him is like he has made a huge impact on people's lives but how it relates to me is like when you're in this dark place when you're in this place of um darkness you think that nothing has gone right that you know that's kind of the temptation of the evil one too of like you've you've made all of these mistakes, you've done all of these things, you failed as a father, you failed as a husband, you failed as a provider, but in the end, the you haven't, you know, yeah. that Christ conquered that, and for him, but he needed to be able to see it. So again, I think that's, uh, that's hope and, and transformation. Grinch is kind of an obvious one, and, and Miracle on 34th Street, what I love about that one is um, this person that's that working at Macy's, and through Chris Kringle, um, I don't want to take take care take from you guys, but the gist of it is she can continues to convert and kind of believe in the miraculous, if you will, uh, through um, the existence of Santa Claus and in, in this case, the Miracle Thirty Fourth Street. So, but it's it's a wonderful life. That one takes the cake for me as just a a beautiful uh, just a Christian journey, but in this case, Christmas story as well. Yeah. And I was say I was telling you, Blake, earlier that um, we, as a family, just watched "It's a Wonderful Life" last night. That was the second time I had watched it from beginning to end. Um, and you know, there first of all, there aren't a lot of overtly Christian things, obviously, uh, but but there are. I mean, like like you don't see them in church, you don't see them praying around the dinner table, but it, um, watching it the second time, especially, it really hit me that it starts with prayer. You know, it starts with the wife and the kids and the, you know, all of these people mm-hmm. going to, you know, Christ, in this case, the little, you know, stars in the sky, um, praying for dad, for, praying mm-hmm. for, for my husband. And, and that's where they kind of get together. Like, we, we better help this guy out. And it was such, mm-hmm. and it was so beautiful. Like, um, like right at the beginning, I'm already tearing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right at the beginning. It's a very sweet movie. <laughs> it is. But it, it's not, too. I mean, there were parts where you're like, man, he's getting angry. Like, this drafty mm-hmm. house, I don't know why we live in this, like, a... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, it's beautiful, though. And I was also sharing, um, I kicked you out of the room for this, Aaron. And then after I had the conversation with Blake, we invited it on over the phone. Uh, but my my son, afterwards, he's like, you know, we have all this, he's complaining, oh, it's such a long movie. And, um, and then at the end, it just hits you because everything comes together. And he said, that's officially my favorite Christmas movie. Like, I don't think anything can compete anymore. <laughs> it still wins people over to this day. Look to at this that. day. He's 16 years old. 16. It's a Christmas miracle. It's a Christmas <laughs> miracle. It was actually quite sweet. So, um, And then I'll say I watched Miracle on 34th Street for the very first time this weekend. Okay. Yeah. And, um, nice. Yeah. At, at the beginning, I didn't think I was going to like it because it was very, yeah, consumer-based. But by the yep. end, I was in love with it, just like you, for the same reasons, right? The transformation. And yeah. um, I, I found it interesting because, Blake, you, you, you don't, your kids aren't Santa kids. And so right. I, <laughs> it is, but there is something beautiful about this belief in, um, something that you can't always see or, you know, of, of, of believing in miracles, right? 
Right, exactly. And I think, yeah, um, to believe in what you can't see, I think that's, that's kind of the thing, or to believe in something that seems um, ridiculous. And that's a Christmas story, right? Like, yeah. Mary's a virgin, um, and that it's the, the birth was miraculous in general, but as you come up to the manger and see Christ, you just see a husband and wife and their baby. And you kind of wonder, like, why is this such a, a big deal? You know, if you put yourself back in that, that age, but to see with, with eyes of faith, like, my gosh, this is the greatest gift that we could ever receive. So, you know. Yeah. And then remind me, it's been a bit since I've seen Miracle on 34th Street. That's the one where they, at the end, they put, like, Santa, like, on trial, and they're trying yes. to prove he, Okay, I want to make sure I think about the right movie. Okay, yeah, again, that's yeah. a very sweet yeah. movie. And yeah. that's, there's the scene yeah. earlier, isn't it, like, the one little girl only speaks speaks Dutch or something? Yes. And then, the the again, he's he's a mall Santa, but he's actually Santa, and that's kind of the, the magic of it, is that she says, oh, she only speaks Dutch, so he asks, you know, what do you want for Christmas? And then she starts singing the song in Dutch, and he starts singing along yep. with her, and that's that adorable, yep. sweet scene where, you know, he really is Santa. You just kind of start to believe it just right there, and that's how they introduce him. And yeah, that's a really, really great movie. So yeah. I actually yeah. didn't have that one on my list, though. I had a bunch of different other ones. And do we do we want to yeah. try? Should yeah, I just jump yeah, into you, it here? You go. Okay, I actually wrote up a list for this topic here. <laughs> so I had I had five. I think it was originally pitched to me as five movies okay. was what we were going to go through. So I'll try not to take up too much time here because we got about fifteen more minutes. But number five, uh, this is one that I saw as a kid in the theaters uh, right when it came out. The Polar Express. Has everyone everyone else seen that one here? Yeah. Or is that? Yeah. Yeah. That one I liked a lot. It's it's based on the book by Chris von Allsberg, who is maybe the best children's author ever. He just done a bunch of illustrations. He's also done Jumanji's, The Thorough, The Wreck of the Zephyr, a bunch of other, like, uh, not Christmas, but children's books. I think this is his only Christmas book, and this movie is really the only movie adaptation of his books that really kind of captures that sense of, like, really childlike wonderment and that same feeling that the book has. The other movies that are based on his stuff are good, but this one just really kind of hits home that this is like a really imaginative kind of adventure sort of thing if that makes sense mm-hmm. it's hard to describe you have to see his art and just the feeling it evokes and again everyone listening has probably seen one of his books but you probably just haven't heard his name because it's not a super famous name but everyone has seen his work somewhere yeah. he's just one of those artists so i felt that this was just a really fun movie apparently people actually kind of trashed it when it first came out which i was surprised about but I thought it was honestly great, and I still really enjoy the movie a you lot. You know, I've never seen it. I would rec- again. I'd recommend <laughs> it. Obviously, it's on my list. But I think it's funny when I led my daughter's youth group. There were a couple of people in the youth group, not my daughter, because apparently we didn't raise our kids with this movie. But they would get together and watch the Polar Express, and mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah. So she did too with them, and and to this day, I, I haven't seen it. It's it's very good. It has a great Steven Tyler cameo at the end too. Of all people, he's randomly in there for one brief scene where they're singing about Christmas. Oh yeah, my he, he gosh. pops up. I don't know why, but he's in there. Uh, just random Steven thing. Steven Tyler. Yeah, from the really singer of Aerosmith. Yes, he's he's in there for five seconds. I mean, he, he did a song for the movie too. I don't. I, they just threw him in there, and I thought that's so funny when he shows up because. Huh. Most people don't even know he's in there, but he is. He's, he's hidden right in the back. He, he's right in front of the camera, too. Like, it's just him. Yeah. I mean, it's very close to, like, Armageddon. He's, yeah, he's it is. Yeah. Armageddon. Yeah, you know, just, that was the other sense. random movie he was in, I guess. <laughs> uh, number four for me, for my movies here, is uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, which is the old Rankin-Bass Christmas special from oh, 1970. Wow. And all the Rankin-Bass yeah. movies are great. This one's my personal favorite because it kind of goes into, like, the lore and history of Santa, but, like, not in, like, a documentary way. It's just... If you were trying to make up a story about why Santa is named Kris Kringle or why he gives presents or why he does this, this is the kind of thing you would tell to a child. Mm-hmm. And it's just very cute and sweet. And there's actually a lot of, like, they, they, 
like Mrs. Claus and Santa actually get married like in a Christian ceremony and they explicitly say that even and like there's a prayer right after and I was surprised like I had forgotten that whole part of the movie was like they actually went and had a sacramental sacramental marriage right in the movie and it's like oh that's really interesting I forgot how like deeply religious this movie was but it's just very nice Santa uh, again if you haven't seen it I'm assuming everyone has so I don't want to give it too much of a plot synopsis on this one it's been a very long time, okay, but well, yeah, you can. You the can the short the version one, of it is that they they're trying to explain who Santa is. Actually, Fred Astaire is the narrator, and then Mickey Rooney plays Santa Claus. And so, mm-hmm. obviously, they're wooden puppets, so it's not. But they look kind of yeah. like they're actors. But anyways, basically, uh, Fred Astaire's character is explaining to the children like how Santa got his start and like why he's called Chris Kringle. It's like, oh, he was adopted by a family with the last name Kringle, and they were toy makers, so he became a toy maker. And huh. they go through that, and then there's. Like basically, he he's making he's trying to spread cheer. He's kind of like a rebel for kindness in the movie because he finds a town literally called Somber Town where they they can't have toys or fun, and so he's kind of going in there. That's why he's sneaking into people's chimneys, and it's just this. It just kind of became a habit. Like it's really it's very exciting. Like when you look at it, it's like oh wow, they, they really thought about everything when you think about Santa Claus. Huh. This is what they did. So. I don't know. There's something nice and very Christian of being kind yeah. of like a rebel for kindness and joy and rebel for kindness. That's really what he is. Yeah, and he basically wins yeah. everyone over by being nice. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's, mm-hmm. that's a wonderful way to say it. Rebel for kindness. Yeah, and then uh, that my next one here. Oh, sorry, Blake. Do you have a thought on that one? I thought you were. Oh no, no, no. You're good. Okay, sorry. I don't want to. I don't want to just talk over anybody here. I'm trying to be again a rebel for kindness by letting people speak. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, number three, this this is just a, a favorite silly one of mine, Jingle All the Way. Have you seen that one? You oh, are? With Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> yes. And it's filmed in Minneapolis, St. Paul area, so it's very oh close to home. Gosh. This one, it's so ridiculous, but I just love that movie. I really do. Because, again, it's all about, like, how far will one father go to make his son, like, happy and joyous on Christmas? And, you know, it, it's that critique of kind of materialism where you think, oh, he needs, you know, the Turbo Man doll. Because that's the whole point of the movie is, Arnold's trying to get a Turbo Man doll for his kid, and he's running through the, the entirety of Minneapolis. You see every major landmark there and everything, trying to find one toy because it's before Amazon. You can't just order it, you right. know, a month beforehand. And at the end of the movie, eventually, there's that really sweet scene where his son just wants him to be home for Christmas, and they just want to have a nice family thing and all that. Mm. So it's ah. such a sweet message. And of course, there's also, you know, Sinbad is the, the comedian is the opposite of Arnold, and they have all their goofy fight scenes. And there's, you know, it, it's ridiculous and chaotic and silly, but it's also so sweet and wholesome at the beginning. And it's kind of that huh. little bit of criticism of like Christmas consumerism, like you don't need all the material stuff, what you really need is family and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, and, and I think there's, I, uh, there, there's some themes of, in other movies where through the child, they kind of reveal the, the reason for Christmas, you mm-hmm. know, if you will, um, or the meaning of Christmas where as parents, you sometimes, you know, they want this thing, they want this, you know, this toy or, or this object or what have you. But it's usually through the child where they say, no, what I really want is you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what I really want is, is you to to, to be with me? Because when you mentioned that theme, I was like, man, I I can't put you know titles to it, but I've seen that theme before. Where through the child, they kind of reveal the true meaning of of in this case, you know, Christmas, which is Christ and, and being together to to celebrate that. Yeah, and again, I think that's something that's so nice about Christmas movies. There's something about passing down, not just gifts, but values too, and really sharing of the whole family and bringing that you know to the forefront. And I think that's what the movie does really beautifully kind of at the end again mm. 
I think people get so hung up on kind of the silliness and wacky adventure of the journey, they forget that it really does have this nice emotional core to it. Mm-hmm. It's just, mm-hmm. well, again, it has the best line in any Christmas movie ever, which is, I'm going to deck your halls, bub, <laughs> when he gets into a fight with the wrestler, the big show, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I think people get distracted by those amazing, funny lines and forget that, oh, right, this movie actually has a great emotional core to it. Okay, so <laughs> repeat that line again, Aaron. <laughs> I'll try to do it like he does. Okay. I'm going to deck your halls, bub. And the best, and he's like seven feet tall and he's dressed like Santa and he runs his fingers up his suspenders and he kind of snaps them. And they get into a, fu- oh, it's great. I mean, it's not every time a bell rings an angel, which is, yeah, every which time line, a bell rings, there's a wrestling right, match. Yeah. Which, which, that line drives me crazy, by the way, but it is kind of the contrast. Yeah, it is. Right? And again, I think people forget that. Like, yes, there's all these silly movies on there, there, but it, it's supposed to be fun, this one. It's, it's meant yeah. to just be constantly entertaining and wacky kind of yeah. nonsense but at the end really drive home that there is still this depth to christmas and that through all the running around there's supposed to be this you know family nice you know kind of conviction to it so i know that one's I, really silly but i do love I, it i love like because you're not here you don't like aaron has that quote written down i do yeah I, I, t- I wanted to make sure because it needs to go on the air every christmas <laughs> it. it's such a good line <laughs> Okay, Aaron, next one. Okay, so th- this one might be a little bit more obvious. The Nativity Story, the one from, I believe, 2006. If, uh, it's an adaptation of, again, the just the Nativity Story, like straight out of the Bible. I'm assuming most people... It actually premiered in Vatican City. It was the first movie to ever premiere in Vatican City. I'm assuming most people listening have seen this one. It came out right after Passion of the Christ. Weirdly got bashed by critics for some reason, probably because it wasn't as like... It, well, it's a completely different story, obviously, because it's the start of Jesus' life, not the end. So I think people were expecting, like, huge, high, you know, Mel Gibson-esque drama, which, again, Passion of the Christ is great. But, like, it, this is more of a, for lack of a better term, even though it sounds silly, it's a little more down-to-earth, just kind of more, like, there are some scenes, like, you do see, I think the movie starts with the Massacre of the Holy Innocents, and it starts with that kind of high drama, but it's not too graphic or anything. But then it goes into what actually happened mm. on Christmas, and... Mary and Joseph just trying to desperately find a place to stay. And that's maybe the best scene in the movie is when Joseph is literally carrying Mary as she's going into labor, desperately screaming to anyone in Bethlehem, like, is there anywhere that can uh, like hold my wife? Like, please, like, God yeah. will bless you, anything. And he's desperately searching. That's what I always remember about this movie is that the climax of this, he's desperately searching for any place. And then they come across this one after trying everywhere, it feels like they've gone through the whole town and then he finds one random shepherd on basically like the edge of town. He says, it's all that I have. And he points to a stable and that's just where they run into. And again, they go through the whole buildup like where. And this is know, the 2006. I believe it's 2006. Yes. And yeah, the, this movie, it's just, it's probably, there's not really that many adaptations of the actual nativity story, like live action Hollywood movies. I, yeah. I'm surprised by that. Cause there's tons about like the crucifixion or Jesus's life or other aspects of his life. Or, you know, Ben-Hur, which is, you know, kind of about, like, you know, people following Jesus. But there's not really that many that aren't animated or anything that are just live-action adaptations of the Nativity story. Yeah. And I think this one does it well. Again, it might be a little bit more dry. Like, it's not, like, huge It's not high. jingle all the way. No, it's not. No, there's no fight scene. You know, no one drops any one-liners or anything. <laughs> but, again, it has a great cast of people. Actually, the director, uh, Catherine Hardwick, went on to direct Twilight next, of oh all things. Gosh. Which I know I, ca- I couldn't believe that when I read it. Or, like... Um, Alexander Siddig, who played Dr. Bashir on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the best Star Trek, by the way. Uh, he's He plays Gabriel. And, like, all these, like, famous people, or, like, a bunch of the people wanted to be in Star Wars in this movie. It's I, looked, I just happened to look at it, and, like, huh. everyone in this movie wanted to have, like, a big career, except for, I think, the woman who played Mary, but she actually had a kid right after, and she kind of, I think, just became, like, a supporting actress in films, so good for her. But, like, 
Huh. Yeah, like this okay, is this is just a really I'm surprised you haven't seen it, Lynn. Blake, actually. have you seen this one? I have. I have. But I, I wanted to comment on uh, just, you know, movies about the nativity story. Mm-hmm. One good one that my kids absolutely love, and I love too, it's called The Promise. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's uh, by Glorious Films. It's, uh, it's an animated one that's kind of a musical, but it's um, it just tells the story very, very well, and it's very scriptural. Um, and it's kind of done, there's some, there's music to it, so I'm not a fan of musicals, but in this case, they did a really good job of actually portraying the gospel message well, and especially the relationship with Joseph and Mary. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've seen uh, what, what Aaron is, and there isn't a lot of um, stories about the nativity, but I, uh, The Promise, if anyone wants to see that one, that's a really, mm-hmm. really well done one by Glorious Films. I've heard good things about it, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard really good things about that one. Yeah. Also, this this movie does have the best adaptation of the Wise Men ever. Where okay. They, where they're they're trying to like look at the star and they're seeing everything kind of come like they they basically have this great little pool of that shows the stars. It's like their little I guess before telescopes. I guess this is what you do. You said a little fountain that shows stars, and they get together and then they're all debating if it's real or not. And they all finally head out and they go through the great journey. They're like the side plot in the movie. I just wanted to mention that quick because they're really really good. So now you're number one. Okay, Aaron. this one's a little bit of a cop out, I think, but it's really any adaptation of a Christmas Carol, at least one that I like, because, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, one of my favorites is actually Scrooge to Bill Murray. That one's really good, and the scene where he basically has a mental breakdown at the end of the movie and talks about like the glory of Christmas is one of the best scenes ever put to film. There's also the Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah. There's Mickey's Christmas Carol. There's plenty of other live action ones going back to like the 1920s, like. Really, all of them are pretty good. There's not really any bad ones is the thing, so it's just hard to pick a favorite. So yeah. I just well, wanted to throw that out there. And it goes back to, Blake, what you were saying about the Christmas being about transformation and hope, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll be yeah, honest. I mean, Christmas Carol was, yeah. I mean, I love the Jim Carrey one, the new, the animated oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one's um, good. That one's really good. But yeah, you're right, Aaron. Like, that one is, it's just a classic story. And the actual book is, is really oh, good. Oh, very good. So good. That's a good read-aloud read aloud book to uh, um, The Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's such a good movie that actually charitable donations like rose exponentially after oh, yeah. it came out. And there's also a really good, we're coming up on, I think, 30 seconds to our hard break here, but I just wanted to mention real quick, there's actually a really good, I think it's by the BBC movie called The Man Who Invented Christmas. Chris, the Man Who Invented Christmas. It's a bit of a misnomer because I think that was actually Jesus, but it's about Charles Dickens, how, yeah. how he kind of made the modern like uh, celebration of Christmas with that book, which I'd recommend too. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. I actually don't watch a lot of movies. So this was great. And I have my list for the rest of the week. And please come back with us. We'll be with Father Metzger. We'll be talking a little bit more about the Christmas season. Thanks.